0: Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Brookfield. at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
1: Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, it is dinner time. What are you thinking about tonight? I love me some good barbecue. And I've been to a lot of places in town. The only place I go, and this is not an exaggeration, because it is the best. It's Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. They are up in North Denver. Uh, they smoke their meats for as long as you can imagine. I love their slowly smoked ribs. Um, their smoked corned beef Reuben is outstanding. They have a smoked meatloaf that is great. I don't like brisket, generally speaking, because when I had it growing up, it was dry and overcooked. They make a great brisket as well. Sides, fantastic. I don't eat barbecue beans. I just don't like the texture of beans. But they have like brisket and pork drippings in it, and they're outstanding as well. Mac and cheese, outstanding. Gotta have great sides when you have barbecue, right? You could just go there for the desserts. That's how good it is. Uh, Terry, do you like chicken marsala by any chance? Yeah. It's the best chicken marsala in town by far. No questions asked. They have great non-barbecue options. Outstanding. Because Dave, the owner, used to be a restaurateur at other places. Mm -hmm. So he put everything onto one menu. It's mainly barbecue. But other things non-barbecue are ridiculously good. Trust me on this. No, by the way, it's graduation season. Cater in from Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Did that over Halloween. We had a great party. Everybody loved the food. Do that for your upcoming graduation for one of your kiddos. Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew, you can find them in North Denver. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke & Dave's Barbecue and Brew,
0: Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park.
1: Okay, here is the reaction uh, Terry on Twitter after last night's Avalanche win. We're going to read this from the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. Ryan says, "I like that the series started with a scrappy OT win instead of a blowout. It'll keep the guys focused for the Blues." Brian writes. This was the Blues game to win. Avs will not hit five posts like last night moving forward. Avs will win in five. Gregory said, the way I see it is the Avalanche were off for over a week, didn't play their best game, still outshot the Blues 54-25. If Bennington doesn't stand on his head, that's a 7-2 game. He won't be able to repeat that performance, and neither will the Blues. The Blues. SPR writes, the Blues were not embarrassed. It was their worst game in two months, and they took the avalanche to overtime.
2: Gregory and I could have been sitting together talking about it because that's almost exactly the way I feel where he's talking about uh, they didn't play their best game and still outshot the Blues, but considerably the the figure's a little different. For, and if Bennington doesn't stand on his head, that's a 7-2 to game. No question. I will go along with all of that. I think you and I could sort of agree on that. It's just where you go from there. Right. That's where we differ.
1: Uh, l- let's get an opinion, a live opinion, from an actual Blues fan. Nolan, come on over here real quick. Because I want to read once again what this guy, SPR, wrote on Twitter. He said the Blues were not embarrassed. It was their worst game in two months, and they took the Avalanche to overtime. You are a big Blues fan. Do you agree with his assessment? Uh, can you repeat that? Yep. The Blues were not embarrassed. It was their worst game in two months, and they took the Avalanche to overtime.
3: The fact that the game went to overtime says a lot more about Bennington than it does the rest of the team. They got the lucky goal by Kyru, the one by, you said it already, the Ryan O'Reilly goal. Nobody would have stopped that. Nobody. The fact that they were outshot two to one was that's that's embarrassing. You know, this is a team who had believe five forwards that had over fifty points in the season. Uh, Tarasenko was non-existent in this game, and so same thing is David Perron. This game was not great. The fact that it was they went to overtime at all says a lot more about Jordan Bennington than it does the team as a whole.
1: Terry. You'll get to know Nolan as we go through these shows. He is an unabashed St. Louis fan, Cardinals. That, by the way, his I'm name... From, I'm from St. Louis. Right. His name, by the way, is Andrew. I call him Nolan because of Arenado. <laughs> I never call him Andrew. The point is this. Terry, you have been around hockey longer than I have. Give Nolan a reason. Give him hope why St. Louis can actually win this series or can you come up with Bennington
2: nothing? is now in a, in a groove... And can continue that through an entire series, and then their uh, balanced scoring does does kind of take root and uh, uh, give them control of the series. I, I don't believe any of that is possible, but that's the theoretical way it could happen.
3: White Castle after the games is that? Oh, I'm always down for, open for White Castle. Oh, okay. Have you been sober and had White Castle? My mom is listening, so I cannot give you an answer for that.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, please.
3: You probably, your mother's never had a drink before? She's from the Midwest. Maybe. She grew up in the part of the the country where, you know, you don't, where drinking is still kind of not looked upon favorably. Oh, so your mother doesn't drink at all? Not at all. Oh, really? Like the fact that I I drink to any extent, little I do, is not exactly a glowing remark. When's the
1: last time you really had like a monster hangover?
3: My mom's listening, so I can't answer that. <laughs> yes, you can.
1: yeah, if you want to keep your job, when's the last time you had a monster hangover? It's been a few months. A few months. That's because you don't remember it happened last week. Thanks, Nolan. Appreciate it, man. But Bennington Good lit- luck to your team moving forward.
2: Yes. Can, can Bennington get back into that groove that he, that led them to the Stanley Cup? I think that's the preeminent question if you're trying to save, can the Blues get back in the series?
1: Well, let me ask you. When... Bennington was the goaltender of record for that Stanley Cup. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of like the fourth choice. Yeah, okay. but and let me he ask. Stumbled you, into it. You remember that cup run better than I do. Did he face an offense like the Avalanche? No. Was that, well, there you go. No. There. Okay. But so, but he doesn't have to.
2: If you get into that area, he doesn't have to have a shutout every game. Right. He has to outplay Darcy
1: Kemper. And play well enough to win three to two games. I mean, if for blues fans out there say, hey, we, you know, listen, we, we pushed this game to overtime despite getting outplayed. So if, if we can play harder. He,
2: he played great. And we're sitting here talking about him playing great when he gave up three goals. Right. So it's not a case of like Craig Anderson making 51 saves for the right. Avalanche and then winning them beating the San Jose Sharks one to nothing in overtime. I'll I'll say this and to Ryan
1: O'Reilly got I'll, that
2: goal by the way.
1: I'll, I'll say this to Avs fans who are listening to Blues fans say, well, once one of our nine twenty goal scores gets going, you know my you know what my, you, you know what my uh, counter to that is. What is your counter to that? Once McKinnon or McCarr get going. And there's a better chance of one of them getting going yes. than one of the nine. Yeah. And oh, by the well, way. He,
2: I think Tarasenko could get going. He could. He could. And by the way. But
1: we're also not talking about
2: guys who scored 40 goals either. We're, we're talking about right. a rather modest benchmark of 20. If they can play like the guys who scored 20 goals in the regular season, that kind of balance can be, pre- can be influential in the play. And,
1: and here's something kind of lurking under the surface of the water. Miko Rantanen and Nazem Kadri yeah. have been quiet yes. in the opening five games. Do you really believe they're going to be quiet through the rest of the playoffs? I think the, the simple answer is probably not. Correct. The educated guess is probably not. Correct. So what's going to happen when these guys wake up their sticks and start scoring goals? But we don't know that either. But we do know with McKinnon and McCarr something will happen. I think so, yeah. yes.
2: And if they, lose, if they lose in this round because the bus drivers don't drive the bus, then it's not Jared Bednar's fault.
1: You can you absolutely make that case. But they've already won game one. Yeah.
2: I, I put something out
1: on Twitter yesterday. Isn't it kind of funny? We're talking about them in some ways as if they lost that game. The, no, I, I, I told you. I think they dominated that game. And I think – I'm not saying it's going to continue like that.
2: But, but we're saying if they dominated the game, they shouldn't have gone to overtime. It shouldn't have been close.
1: Here, they they dominated the game in the way that the 920 goal scorers (laughs) never had the puck on their tape because the Avs kept winning the one-on-one battles and cycling the puck out of their own zone so fast they couldn't get shots on goal. So it's not as if they had shots on goal and didn't score. They didn't have opportunities because the puck was out of their end so quickly. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you who really took the night off was the Zamboni driver. <laughs> Certainly in overtime he only had to do half the ice. After overtime was over, he did not even need to go on the same end where Darcy Kempros. He could have done just literally half the ice.
2: I think the biggest positive now for the Avalanche so far we're seeing in the playoffs is the way they've settled into the three defensive pairs, pretty much locked locked into them and they're playing well. Who's I mean, the best
1: defensive pairing in the league? Uh, Makar and and what did they do yesterday nothing what's going to happen when they come alive on Thursday and their second best defensive pairing starting with Sam So starting with well maybe not their second Johnson and uh, oh gosh Byram Byram are, are pretty good but the point is, is that Gerard is a defensive liability out there. Oh, absolutely. And he, he, play, can't, he, and can't he plays move, defense. He can't move you out of the crease. Correct. But he certainly can jump, can't he? Yeah. Because you would have thought that he just won the publishers <laughs> clearing Sands. out sweepstakes by jumping Manson's into Manchin's uh, arms. arms. Yeah. That was impressive.
2: He's got some serious ups. But it was pretty funny because uh, they, they got two of the three goals. And and I asked Manson after the game what it meant that he and Sam Gerard both scored goals, two of the three. And... He gave a very nice answer, and it, it's they've settled into those pairings, and that's a very positive step, and Jack, Johnson's, Jack Johnson is sitting up there and saying, gee whiz, am I already get to play a game? Right. And the uh, the only possible issue there is it, if they decide that Sam Girard is just not physically suited for the rough and tumble. Do you think he should be out of the lineup? I thought so going, honestly, I thought so going into the playoffs. I thought that he just, we talked so much about the lack of, of uh, toughness and tenacity from the team in the playoff series against Vegas last year. that I kind of talked myself into saying he's not suited for playoff hockey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that you put Jack Johnson in the lineup and you sit Sammy Girard. And, get- and uh, I, I've come around though now, and I think Manson Manson is getting much better. He went through a streak where he wasn't playing very well. And he has settled into that kind of watchdog role over Sam Gerrard. Although they keep giving you this. They keep giving you the propaganda that all six defensemen have clearance, have the mandate to jump into the play. I think I think Manson does to a lesser extent than anybody else. And, and Eric Johnson's somewhat of a caretaker, Bo
1: Byram also. Yeah, well, Byram's 20. Yeah. By yeah. the way, I said this to you yesterday. I know we need to hit a break. You might disagree with me, but I'm curious to know what you think. If the Avs do win the cup, don't want to jinx it. Uh, Who's the second guy who touches the Eric cup? Eric Johnson. Right, after Landeskog. Yes. Landeskog Johnson? But it's whether it's whether
2: he does the touch pass handoff that Joe Sacki did to Ray Bourque, or Landeskog actually
1: raises it overhead and then gives it to Eric He Johnson. will raise it over his head. Then I think he will hand it to Andrew, uh, Eric Johnson. Do you, do you agree? Yes, I do. Danny, remember when I said that four months ago on the air? Yeah, that does ring a bell. I said he would be the first guy to touch the cup after Landon Scott. And people are thinking, no, it's got to be McKinnon. No. No. No, and McKinnon
2: would be all for that. I, I He would. I, I he would. I wouldn't throw that as as kind of phony, self-effacing or anything like that. Eric, if there he was would a, want that.
1: If there was a popularity contest in that avalanche locker room for the amount of time, especially, that Eric Johnson has not been in there because he's been so injured, he'd win. They love him. They almost bought him out.
2: I mean, they were thinking about right now, buying him out. And his career was at was at a crossroads and he's been here ele- you realize he's been here eleven years.
1: Well, you know what I thought you know what I thought yesterday as I was watching the game? Oh yeah, he was drafted by St. Louis. Number
2: one in two thousand six. Right. He played one year of College right. hockey at Minnesota. I and remember then, and that. Signed.
1: And, and and they also thought they were getting this big stand up defenseman. And I can't remember the guy that they gave up, but he had a lot of offensive potential. Shattenkirk. Who wasn't. Kevin Shattenkirk. No, it was the other guy who's the stud in the deal. There's another guy who Shattenkirk to me wasn't the stud in the deal. There was another guy. He was a forward. Chris Stewart? Yes. Chris Stewart to me was the prize in the oh, deal. Okay. I thought that's the guy that the, Stewart was like a top five pick, wasn't he? Yeah. He, well, he bounced around he since, and he's since. a fascinating story. But that's my point. Stewart to me was the key to the deal, not Shattenkirk. Shattenkirk was good, but to me, I thought Stewart was the key to the deal. We thought that Stewart was was bursting into prominence in the NHL. That's at right, that time. and that's why I think St. Louis made that trade. You know what that reminds me of? That trade reminds me of when the Rockies made a trade when they traded Corey Dickerson. Mm-hmm. Okay to Tampa and they got back Jake McGee you know who the throw in Shattenkirk guy was Herman Marquez wow coming up after the break Commissioner Gary Bettman talked yesterday and he talked about the ongoing battle between Comcast and altitude what did he say that's next
0: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda, a no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield At Silterhar Mazda, find them at STHMazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
1: Welcome back, afternoon drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us at MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T Fry, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my guy, Eric Cook, at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with Eric for over five years. He does my auto, my home. He does my health insurance as well. Farmers Insurance agents, they don't do health insurance. He does. He is one-stop shopping. Quick to return calls and emails. I love that customer service. He's even done it with me on his days off. His staff at Cook Insurance over 70 years of experience. And I'll tell you another thing I love that they do is the fact that they check in with you every single year to make sure that you have the right coverage. Think about what happened with the fires recently, right? You know how many insurance agents screwed up because they did not check in with their clients? And those people, Got screwed. With Eric Cook, he's going to make sure you are covered the way that you should be. Give him a call today. 303-790-8089. 303-790-8089. Time now for The Buzz.
0: The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group. Focused on people, not policies. Call today. At 303
1: 790 8089. That's 303 790 8089. All right, before yesterday's game one between the Avalanche and the Blues, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman uh, gave some media availability. Covered a variety of topics, especially uh, because obviously this is a big deal around here. The ongoing battle between Comcast and Altitude. He said, quote, it's terrible for fans. It's frankly unfathomable that some on some level that the cable or satellite company would be cutting off this many customers who are obviously fans, particularly when the avalanche is making such a great run. Yes, I am sure. Comcast would love to have Gary Bettman as a mediator, kind of like two guys going into a boxing ring and the referee happens to be the brother-in-law of one of the boxers. But Comcast has been involved in the
2: in the NHL and the NBA also. So it's, it's a fight between a mega, 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 mega corporation and altitude sports
1: owned by one of the richest men in the country. Well, here, this is my question for Gary Bettman. I know that the games are now on ESPN and TNT. Yes. What were they on last year? <laughs> NBC sports. And what does NBC, who, who owns NBC? Comcast. Why didn't you get involved last year? Yes. When your rights partner was part of this, why are you doing it now when it's not your rights partner? He
2: adopted the, the, the he adopted the mantra and the, uh, the propaganda position of, altitude sports early in the fight that they want you to believe that, that, uh, the games were being blacked out, that the fans couldn't see. Well, the fact of the matter is it was just a business decision. Stan Kroenke could, could decide what to accept from Comcast to get the games back on. It wasn't the other way around. That was insulting. It was condescending and it played the fans for idiots. And that, uh, that is where the, uh, it isn't the issue that the games aren't on because people know how to get them. They do. We talked about that yesterday. We're not naive, but that's that, the idea of where fans f- felt insulted was the way they tried to make you buy that argument that, that Comcast was blacking out the games. It's just how much, how much was Stan Kroenke willing to accept from Comcast to have, the game, to have altitude
1: on the Comcast. Here's something else about the commissioner of hockey and football. I I don't expect him to say anything different, though.
2: So I'm really not being. No, he has to say it, has to say it. Well, what what should he have
1: said? No, no, he has to say that. Yes, that's what I'm. And here's the reason why. I'm agreeing then. This is the reason why Gary Bettman had to say that. Who hires the commissioner? Oh, yeah, but he's he's so secure in that position. No, 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 I understand that. But who hires the commissioner? The owners. Who pays the commissioner's salary? The owners. So are you really going to bite the hand that
2: feeds you and insult Stan Kroenke? I, I I do think that there was a kind of a constructive middle ground to try to get something done. And he didn't step in and try to be part of that. I think he could have. And I also think he, he could have recognized that this is a business fight between two entities, uh, one on one side, one on the other. And he, so there should have been some way to, to get them to agree on a figure that Stan Kroenke, again, it's how much would Stan Kroenke take from Comcast to
1: get the games on? Right. By the way, um, Bettman also touted the hockey ratings, which are up, according to him, 58% over last year. Now, granted, they are on more recognizable alphabet soups. Meaning ESPN, ESPN two, TNT and TBS, as opposed to NBC Sports Network, C N B C where <clears throat> that's basically known for business yeah. and news, and USA, where I can catch every episode of Law and Order SUV.
2: <laughs> How about True TV? Did that get in there somewhere?
1: No. Um no, only in the NCAA
2: basketball does True that's TV right. get in there.
1: And I'm glad that they're up. You're on a you're it's like having your games on Fox Sports One. I don't even know where Fox Sports One is on my own dial.
2: It said they averaged seven hundred and sixty-eight thousand viewers in the first round, and that that is the fifty-eight percent increase
1: because they were on basically insignificant networks last year. Yeah. That's why there's going to be a big jump. I I thought it was interesting though when they first announced this
2: television package by the with the NHL. I thought they were going to be pushed into the back back of the room by the NBA coverage, and they seem to. I don't know how they've done it. They seem to have found a, ba- a balance between the two leagues, and really haven't insulted the NHL by putting them on at weird times or weird places or anything else. Well, I'm sure they've, were, I'm, they've managed to pull it off. I'm sure there
1: were guarantees. Yes. Not not that the NHL had a lot of leverage anyway. It's not like the NHL is is um. Well, what's hockey night Canada? Cb CBC. CBC. Yeah. Okay. I mean. CBC is going to...
2: Sportsnet is involved up there, too. Uh,
1: Basically, in that negotiation, the NHL says, this is our price, and they say, okay, 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 do you want us to pay more? Because we'll pay more if you want us to, but if that's all you want, that's fine. Here, it is um, the NHL saying, please, can we come on your network and just give us your best offer, and we'll take it.
2: What was the... the, I I can't remember the name. It's NBC Sports now. but What what was the station called? The, The... Oh, they had the tour to France and a bunch of hunting and fishing.
1: Like the outdoor and, and the network?
2: Game, and the games were on that. Well,
1: I should tell you everything you need to know. If Again, if your network is associated with every spinoff of Law & Order, <laughs> okay, and you're trying to jam hockey in so there? So you're a Mariska Hargitay fan. I don't know if I am or not. The point is, is that they are on real sports networks. I understand TNT yeah. is not a sports network, but it has become one. It has become one because now they have baseball, too. TNT, TBS, mm-hmm. they have the NCAA tournament. They have baseball. They have uh, the NBA, and now they have the NHL. Outside of ESPN, you can make the case they are the most legitimate sports network over the four over the four major networks. I even
2: loved it when, Think TB- about that for when a second. TBS had the Braves games and Skip Carey would go. Uh, when they were down 11 to 1 or something. You have my permission to go walk the dogs if you patronize our sponsor. No, he
1: didn't say it like that. He said, like, the Atlanta Braves are down 11 to 1, and now you have permission to walk the dogs down one of your favorite peach tree streets. <laughs> By the way, uh, Skip Carey, I believe, is the same person, meaning Larry Zimmer. Because Larry Zimmer <laughs> is Skip Carey. So if I said to you, Uh, Welcome, everybody, to Fulton County Stadium as the Atlanta Braves are taking on the St. Louis Cardinals or, or, hello, everybody, welcome to Folsom Field as the Nebraska Cornhuskers have come to town to take on the Colorado Buffaloes. Same guy. That's uncanny. Same guy. Coming up after the break, very interesting comments from Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Fame wide receiver. Will go into the Hall of Fame, I should say. Um, Talked about DeAndre Hopkins, who tested positive for PEDs and said, DeAndre Hopkins should go into the Hall of Fame for sure. No doubt. Yeah, he has the talent, but he did test positive. Is there going to be a, a different set of rules in baseball and football? That's next.
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at STHMazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Terry.
1: Come back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver. You can you can text you can tweet him if you want to. If you just want to say hello, but it's really at T Fry. And at Eric Goodman. Was that not smooth enough? I don't know if Terry noticed. I did. You did? By the way, I want to give a special shout-out to my new friend I haven't met yet. Helen, Terry's wife. Thank you for watching the show and keeping him in line. And we have big plans for you on our show coming up during the football season. That's the only hint I'm going to give you. Time now for What's Trending. What's trending is presented by low T 99
0: testosterone treatment made easy and affordable for just $129 per month. They'll send you testosterone supplies and the price includes lab work. Go to lowt
1: 99.com. Okay. Former Cardinals wide receiver, Larry Fitzgerald said Deandre Hopkins, who is one of the best wide receivers in football, easily the best hands in football, Um, was asked about Hopkins, who is being suspended for the first six games of the season for violating the NFL's PED policy. And Fitzgerald says that should not taint his legacy to going into the Hall of Fame because his trajectory is pointing him in that direction. We know baseball writers are keeping guys out of the Hall of Fame because of PEDs.
2: And that's idiotic.
1: I am so glad we agree on that because I would have had to have jumped over the table.
2: (laughs) If you don't, okay, I'm derailing the conversation here, but I'm going to say if you don't vote for Barry Bonds, who was the best player in baseball before he got into any of that, and I covered the Giants when I was in Portland coming down the coast to go to several series. Barry Bonds is a jerk, right? He's a Hall of Fame jerk. He's a Hall of Fame jerk, but he was also the best player in baseball for many years until he saw the way the media overreacted the home run chase with Sosa and McGuire and decided I want a part of this too. And you so the, nailed. Media, you the nailed media, it. the media is culpable in all of that in my mind, because it created some kind of the atmosphere in which it was encouraged. And we knew what was going on. You know what? Nobody was nobody should have been surprised about McGuire and Sosa.
1: You know what? I'll ask you this. Now we're going to really derail it, and that's okay because you and I have never talked about it. And I said to Danny in your commercial break, this is our first week, I don't know your thoughts on all kinds of topics, something like this. So let's have this conversation briefly. The voters want to keep out Barry Bonds. They want to keep out Roger Clemens, right? Right. Why is Bud Selig in the Hall of Fame when he basically <laughs> gave his blessing, knowing this was going on, yes. and knowingly turned a blind eye? Yes, he did. So, so he why did. is he in the Hall of Fame? He shouldn't be. No, he shouldn't.
2: I agree. He shouldn't be. And the other, the other, we—it's so naive to think that this was not going on all the way through baseball, not just not just the guys who got
1: caught. But let me ask you something: Should Alex Rodriguez be in the Hall of Fame? he, no. was, he was caught. He was caught after they made the rule, you can't do PEDs anymore. And just, right. to, just to be clear about this, there has always been a rule in baseball, you can't do it. People don't understand this. People say oh, there was never a rule. There was a rule. You were not allowed to take PEDs. It just wasn't enforced. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. It's kind of like there's a speed limit on i-25 that says you can't go over 65 miles an hour there is but there are no policemen anywhere to pull you over to well nobody
2: seconds. can go 65 miles an hour on i-25 Oh, stop
1: that you know i know you're joking no when, i'm not you can't go 65 at three o'clock in the morning you can easily but that's not my point my point is is that if no one's there to enforce it then why is it a rule anyway yeah so alex rodriguez knowingly took PEDs after the 2002 CBA said, you cannot do it. The union and the owners agree you can't do it. So he got caught. Does he belong in the hall of fame? I, I think so. Yes. I think all the, I think
2: the naivete involved and kind of the pigheadedness involved is really galling to me
1: that we know how much it was going on in the, in the game. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about after the CBA, you tested positive for PEDs when it was against the rules and he got suspended for it. I can argue that one both ways. Why? Because
2: I don't think it's simple black and white. It's like everything else. There were more players more players involved after the 2002 CBA than we, we all probably want to
1: admit. But if you got caught and you got suspended... It ain't cheating if you got you don't get caught. I understand that. But he did get caught. No, I don't believe he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Okay. He got caught after he broke a rule, just like Pete Rose broke a rule. If you knowingly broke a rule and you know you're not supposed to do it, then no, you don't deserve to be honored, don't you think? PEDs are pretty pervasive in in the NFL. I have zero. I have zero doubt that they were. I know they were. Or are? Are? I know. I get that. I am very familiar, just like you are, with Bill Romanowski's tackle box, and he wasn't going fishing. <laughs> <laughs> but we, but we in the media portrayed him as kind of a happy-go-lucky. So, so DeAndre Hopkins, getting back to what we're talking about. Knowingly took PEDs. Don't tell me you didn't know what you're putting in your body. Please, you're you're a fine-tuned athlete. You know everything that goes in your body. You got caught. For, he's suspended for six games. Six games. Right Which is what a big deal. It to me, six games is nothing. That's the, what I think. The point is, you got caught, and you should not be rewarded for it. I think it takes how, you for how, your whole career.
2: How sincere. I'm going to run this through a sifter. How sincere do you
1: think Larry Fitzgerald's remarks are, is he just kind of standing up for a guy? I believe he believes DeAndre Hopkins is a Hall of Fame wide receiver, and I agree. Of course, he's sticking up for his guy. There's no doubt he is. Is there a part of him that that, uh, finds it detestable? Though I don't know, but I'm sure you know plenty of baseball players like I do who find it detestable that guys were taking PEDs, and their argument is, well, I wasn't.
2: Well, some of them, it was... It was detestable those other guys that are taking PEDs, I, I guess. I think I hate it. It's detestable, but I, uh, I have to do it. Would you do it? That was the other. Uh, would you do it if you knew uh, that you might not get caught? I would say it depends on putting me in a time capsule and moving me back. I, I'd be very tempted. I'd be I more- think you can sell yourself on the premise that I'm just making myself better. That hand-eye coordination of hitting a baseball—I don't look at it that way—is the hardest. Is the hardest thing in sports, and, and the Peds can't do that for you. I don't. I don't look at. It. I
1: look at it differently. In the same vein, but I look at it differently. I don't look at it as, oh, I'm going to be a better baseball player. I look at it as I have a short baseball career and I'm going to make yeah. more money. That's how I look at it. If I if I'm going to be hitting 273 with 20 home runs and 75 RBI a year, and oh, I'm going to be paying getting paid $6 million a year, or I take PEDs and now suddenly I'm hitting 305 and I'm hitting 30 bombs and 115 RBI a year, and that suddenly becomes a $20 million a year contract, oh, you better believe I'm taking them. I think there's a different component involved in football, though, because of the physical deterioration
2: that that you undergo when you play football, that you're going to have trouble walking when you're 40.
1: Yeah, if you're not taking PEDs for that. You're smoking weed for that. So you can get through the concussions yeah. week to week. The PEDs aren't going to, I suppose, help you with the recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. That
2: was what a lot of guys justified it as, as uh, I was using it to recover.
1: Right. Well, here, here's the funny thing. The PEDs, from what I understand, are not addictive. Oxycodone is. Yeah. Tordol isn't really that good for you either. So, so do you want the stuff that the trainers are handing to you under the table? right or do you yeah. want to take
4: the peds what do we have coming up on are we not wine and liquor just in case you missed that? cbs sports ranked the top 25 power five college football coaches we'll talk a little bit about that also pga championship teeing off early tomorrow morning a couple key names out of the field and one big name looking for a little bit of redemption after a tough finish at the masters that's coming up next right here on afternoon drive with goodman and fry on mile high sports
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and
1: Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us at You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at t fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Are you ready? Presented by Sasquatch
0: Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Wicker. You need to see why Westward named it the best wicker store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautWicker.com.
4: Just in case you missed it, CBS Sports released their rankings of the top 25 Power 5 college football coaches. So yesterday we talked about the top 25 under 25 in the NFL. And we'll talk about a couple of those guys' uh, college coaches here. I've got the top 10 at 10, Mike Gundy of Oklahoma State. I'm a man,
1: I'm 40.
4: Great (laughs) clip, great quote. Uh, at number nine Jim Harbaugh from Michigan at number eight Kyle Whittingham from Utah number seven Brian Kelly at his new home in LSU Uh, number six Ryan Day of Ohio State number five Jimbo Fisher Texas A&M number four Lincoln Riley another guy in a new spot at USC number three Dabo Sweeney at Clemson number two Kirby Smart at Georgia and number one of course Nick Saban at Alabama. Any uh, surprises on that list or surprise omissions from that list?
2: I can tell you that I spent a year with Nick Saban, so I have an interesting background in, 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 in following him around for a year. He was I did a story at the Sporting News on a college football program in transition, and we picked Michigan State uh, before we even knew that Nick Saban was going to be the coach there. And I met with him when he was the defensive coordinator, finishing up as the defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. And then uh, his head coach was a guy named Belichick at
1: the time. I've heard of him. That was an unbelievable coaching staff, by the way. And how they couldn't win consistently is beyond me. Although talent probably had something to do with
2: it. So then I met with him at at Cleveland. I met with him in spring football in East Lansing. Went in and checked in with him during the season, that 1995 season. He was making like $130,000. And he, I really was impressed by him. He, he was very cooperative in the story uh, because he was told that it would it would look good and be a positive force for the, in establishing in establishing his program at Michigan State. It's one of the better stories I've ever done. I wish I kept all the notes. It was a year long story. Really, I, I should have done a book on it, and I, I was too casual in not preserving the notes. But
1: I think he's clearly number one. That that would have been a best selling book in the SEC yeah sec country you don't know where those notes are at all no i don't oh my but, but i have the story
2: you can actually look it up on my website it's there you can just navigate you much. can't pick stuff off the top of your head and write a
1: book i'm guessing you can't. no too much. no you can't
2: wow. but, but it was it was a year-long narrative of a new football coach yeah. named nick saban at Michigan State. right he right. had coached it he'd been a head coach for a year at toledo before right. that but that was it and so i put him number one and i can't argue with most of those choices there are some who, like, I personally kind of
1: rebel at. Right. Like, I'm not a big Brian Kelly fan. Are you? I don't think a lot of people are after the way he introduced himself at LSU as being completely disingenuous. And
2: and I realize Lincoln Riley did a great job at, at uh, Oklahoma. Great coach. But Mike I, Bone got a winner in him. W- we'll find that out. He will.
1: Well, he, he already took one of his quarterbacks with him from Oklahoma.
2: And uh, so th- that those are my kind of misgivings.
1: Uh, I mean, it's hard to argue with the list. I would just say this. Um, number two on the list is Kirby Smart, who used to be, uh, I believe, the defensive coordinator for Nick Saban in Alabama. There's Nick Saban and everybody else. And honestly, when it comes to greatest college football coaches of all time, I know people are going to say Bear Bryant and Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler. Nick Saban is on top of the list. Just like, I believe, Mike Krzyzewski
4: is ahead of John Wood. Just in case you missed it, PGA Championship at Southern Hills in Oklahoma will start early tomorrow morning. No Phil Mickelson in this one, and Bryson DeChambeau withdrew after his practice round today. Tiger Woods playing following a plus 13, 47th place finish at the Masters. Do you think Tiger bounces back a little bit, As has that leg a little bit more healthy this time around and finishes in the top 25 at the PGA Championship?
2: I'm a casual fan. It almost doesn't matter. I caught myself watching the Masters because of Tiger. Right. I will be watching the PGA because of Tiger. But not anybody else? Probably not. Right. Jordan Spieth. I mean, he's a great golfer. There are great golfers in the field. I don't know. I I honestly can't explain the attraction other than
1: magnetism and... Well, it's what what he did when he was young and he you know, shattered the master's record. And he he's, he, it's, it's Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods, the two greatest golfers yeah. of all time. And, you know, with everything that he's gone through, and let's be honest, a lot of this has been self-inflicted. Um, You, everyone loves a comeback story. And now he's looking on comeback story, what, number three? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of people, I'll watch it because I like golf, but yes, I'll be watching for Tiger but Woods.
2: What's Phil Milk? Bill Mickelson's future. That's the other big. Question. He has
1: he he hasn't just burned bridges. <laughs> he has napalmed them with nuclear weapons. He has he is uh, the PGA tour. Um, listen, at the end of the day, when you say that it's not that big of a deal that Khashoggi got killed by the Saudis, yeah, you're kind of putting yourself in hot water. Not to mention now it comes out that you know he his gambling debts may, make. Charles Barkley looks, looked like he lost five bucks on the playground. And you're thinking, Bill Mickelson had to pay off his gambling debts. So what does he do? He hooks up with the Saudis and has to say nice things about them in order to make all that money to make it all back. So he's, he, we have seen the last of them. I don't know if we've seen the last of them, but uh, a very likable golfer who... There are a lot of athletes that say some things politically that people disagree with. I know in the 1960s, you have Muhammad Ali and Bill Russell and Jim Brown, who said things that certainly caused shockwaves throughout the country. But you'd have people on both sides of that, both sides of that argument. I don't think anybody in the United States no, uh, no. is going to side with the Saudis after what they did to Khashoggi and who they are. You're not going to get anybody to side with them. So Phil Mickelson is on his own island on this one. He screwed himself. He'll play again.
2: He'll be a conversation piece during this tournament. It'll be brought up. It should be. He won the he won the PGA at fifty. And you think about it, looking back to his prominence here, playing in the, playing in the international at Castle Pines, and it, he was not very popular among the players at that time, but he was a media darling. Right.
1: All right, uh, that was Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. They always have great specials right now, all 750-milliliter bottles of French wines, 15% off. Don't forget, Argonaut delivers, and their delivery charge, nothing. When you order more than 100 bucks. Westward named the best liquor store in Denver five years running. Check them out on Colfax or go to ArgonautLiquor.com. That's going to do it for us. Nolan, great job today. Same with you, Danny. Terry, another great show. It's been fun. Boy, it has it has gotten better exponentially every day. Make it the best possible night you can.